0: welcome to the weekly standard podcast i'm your host michael graham with us from the campaign trail is michael warren who has been covering cruz v trump and it's interesting mike just even saying that cruz v trump versus trump v cruz i really it feels like from a distance that cruz has trump painted up in his uh sites you know ready to launch as opposed to uh trump being the one who's on offense
1: oh absolutely in fact i interviewed Uh, Ted Cruz last night and he he essentially said that to me he said I got my notes right here Uh, he said uh, from the beginning our task has been to unite the 65 to 70 percent of the Republicans who recognize Donald Trump is not the best candidate to go up against Hillary Clinton it has always been critical for the field to narrow and our objective was to always get head to head with Donald Trump Uh, I think that's a little bit of historical revisionism by Cruz but uh, but essentially that's what's Come to pass, it's it's now Trump v. Cruz with a little Kasich on the side to make everyone uh, you know have a headache.
0: I remember the days when uh, Ted Cruz was still carrying his "I love Trump" backpack around and offering to carry Donald Trump's books to class for him. What happened to that guy?
1: Uh, well, once that became uh, uh, sort of once Trump's uh, uh, in, you know unwillingness to go after Cruz became dispensable, and, and Cruz really needed to beat. Donald Trump, uh, Cruz kind of threw it all away. And and uh, and it's turned out well for him, in fact. Um, so uh, look, Cruz is somebody who knows what he wants. He knows how uh, to get the presidency if he really wants it. And I think that's uh, that's what we're seeing now is uh, is the the crafty or the ambitious or the very smart Ted Cruz uh, doing what he has to do to keep this uh, uh, this going through the convention um, and and uh, and we'll see how how it turns out
0: was well, a lifelong Republican having a candidate who's crafty and smart and would be a refreshing change. I will say that. But can he craft and smart his way through New York? Ninety nine delegates at stake. Donald Trump's home state. Massive rally last night for Trump and Ted Cruz getting chased out of uh, diners in the Bronx.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was there in the in East Bronx uh, on Wednesday uh, to see this uh, this really interesting display of uh, uh, the best uh, and brightest of New York welcoming Ted Cruz to <laughs> to what what really is uh, it he was in Ted Cruz went to what was probably the least Republican place, not just in the city uh, or excuse me, not just in the state of New York, but maybe even in the country. Um, the the most democratic congressional district is in the Bronx, uh, and that's where Cruz went. Uh, it's kind of an interesting strategy. I imagine if Donald Trump had uh, decided to, uh, you know, hold any kind of event in the Bronx, he uh, he would have been chased out by even more people than than Cruz than you know who, who uh, approached sure. Cruz. Uh, but you know, it, it's an interesting strategy that Cruz has, which is he knows that Donald Trump has the advantage to to. To win in New York. It's Trump's home state. Um, he's got, you know, pretty much from Western New York all the way to Long Island, he's got uh, a constituency there. So what does Cruz and to a lesser extent Kasich, what do they have to do? Um, they need to target the congressional districts in New York City where there aren't a lot of Republicans but yet they have the same number of delegates to uh, to allocate that all those much more Republican districts have, uh, and so that's kind of the name of the game. And I think that's why Ted Cruz is is willing to go to the Bronx and and get all the protesters, the people telling him, literally, I was standing next to two guys telling him, get out of the Bronx um, uh, if 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 that can uh, you know pay dividends to Cruz and, and get him a few delegates and deny Trump some delegates in New York, you know that's a victory.
0: Uh- has T- Cruz talked openly about the areas of the state of New York? I had the pleasure, and I mean this sincerely, of living in Westchester County for a year, running a political campaign uh, back in the day. I also got the chance so I was doing stand-up comedy I live in Manhattan, and I love New York. Great place to live, but not Republican-friendly. Is, uh, you know, is it going to be upstate? Are there congressional districts where maybe evangelicals have more sway than elsewhere?
1: Uh, Cruz doesn't speak about this, uh, of course, but I've talked to several New York Republicans, people who have run statewide um, and, and who just know the Republican uh, base in New York, uh, and it's a really interesting dynamic uh, because the, the the part you just mentioned, evangelicals, where do evangelicals uh, have a role in New York? It's really nowhere except uh, the western part of New York, sort of around. Buffalo outside of Buffalo uh, You may have a little more of an evangelical uh, Population there, but of course that's all Donald Trump country. He's uh, he's got the support of Carl Paladino, Who's former uh, mayor of Buffalo is kind of a, a right-wing? Uh, <laughs> crazy guy who uh, who's run for office statewide has always lost um, So all of that territory that ought to be Ted Cruz's in Western New York is all for Donald Trump now this is interesting because this is the same dynamic we saw play out in the south right ted if you could if you would have told me you know a year ago that ted cruz would still be in the race at this point but got swept in the south uh, i would have said you're crazy um but the the truth is is that te- to ted cruz's supposedly best uh, you know areas of the country and i think the best areas of new york aren't going to be the ones that go for him because trump supersedes him there
0: so where does that leave Ted Cruz then? Is there anyone left in New York to vote for Ted Cruz? Or is uh, Donald Trump going to get 99 delegates?
1: It's sounding uh, really bleak for Ted Cruz, as I'm telling this. Um, but I do think that in a lot of these majority minority districts in New York City, um, the, I mentioned the most Democratic district is, is in the Bronx. It's uh, represented by Jose Serrano, a, a Puerto Rican uh, American. He uh, uh, I think it was something like two hundred and eighty three. Two hundred eighty-three. That is not not hundred or thousand. Two hundred eighty-three Republicans voted in the twenty twelve Republican primary in that district. <laughs> wow. Um, so so if you think about it that way. Uh, Ted Cruz just has to really talk to a couple hundred people and convince them to vote for him, uh, and he can pick up three delegates right there. And, and there are some other uh, districts, uh, congressional districts in New York, parts of the Bronx and Queens and and, and Brooklyn, where he could do that, uh, as well as perhaps some of those suburban areas. You mentioned Westchester County and, and, and other parts of the suburban New York area uh, where he could sort of recreate what he did in Wisconsin, which is win those suburban rep- regular t- style Republicans who aren't buying what Trump is selling. Again, the problem here for Cruz is the continued existence of John Kasich. Uh, is there a number
0: from New York that the uh, not Trump or reverse Trump or anti-Trump what we're going to call him people are looking at? In other words, if they can keep Trump under X there on the trajectory, they want to deny him 1237 for the convention.
1: Yes, so that number is 50%, and that works in, on two levels. On the one hand, uh, there are 14 at-large delegates uh, in New York who are divided up statewide uh, based on the statewide vote. If Donald Trump wins 50% or more of the statewide vote, he gets all 14 of those delegates. So if you can keep him under 50%, I think it's a, it's, that's a pretty difficult, uh, tall order if you look at the polling, but if you can keep him under 50% statewide, uh, then – That's a uh, that's a good sign uh, for for the anti-Trump forces, particularly Ted Cruz. And that 50 percent number also applies to each congressional district. So uh, if Donald Trump wins 50 percent or more in a congressional district, he gets all three of that district's delegates. Uh, If you can keep them under 50 percent, it gets proportioned out uh, proportionally. And uh, and so that's the magic number. uh, And that's what uh, everybody's going to be watching for. And, and, you know, the polls do not look good in that sense for the anti-Trump forces. Um, So so I think that's why you see Cruz using going uh, after this sort of congressional district strategy of picking up even a few delegates. Uh,
0: This may seem like a strange question, but do New York Republicans like Donald Trump? I mean, I thought Ted Cruz had a pretty a powerful argument, and I say this is a guy who only lived in New York for a little bit and was not politically really active. He He's given so much money and so much support to so many Democrats in New York. Do Republicans in New York really want to vote for the guy who wrote checks to Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, and Anthony Weiner?
1: Well, this is certainly the argument that, that Cruz is making. Um, he stepped in it a little bit uh, several months ago if you remember, Michael, when when Cruz referred to Trump as having New York values, and Trump actually, I think maybe the the best moment in Trump's campaign uh, was he he turned that into a very quiet moment in a debate where he praised uh, the city of New York, the policemen and firefighters in New York after 9/11. Uh, it was kind of immaterial to Cruz's uh, argument, uh, which is exactly what you just laid out that Donald Trump is a is a new york democrat and has those democratic liberal values um but but trump actually played that one pretty well when i was in the bronx a lot of the local media was asking him uh cruz that is about the new york values and that's something he's going to hear about i think for the next two weeks uh so on the other hand you know i've talked to republicans who say look republicans in new york Particularly the upstate, which does not have a very favorable view of New York City and New York City politics, Republicans knew exactly what Cruz meant, uh, and so it's actually not going to hurt him that much. It's going to be a media obsession, this New York values thing, um, but but uh, but but Cruz will ultimately uh, not not be hurt too much by that. Uh, the question is, uh, will will you know? Are there any voters left for uh, you know who, who might be convinced? Uh, not to vote for Trump, who are voting for Trump because he's uh, donated to these Democrats? I don't think so. Um, I think that's just, again, like in all these other states, the Trump vote is pretty much locked in. And uh, and uh, if there's anywhere for uh, for it to go, it's maybe a couple points down If if Ted Cruz can convince those people that, hey, do you really want to vote for the guy who... Wrote a check for Andrew Cuomo? Uh, I don't think so. So uh, we'll see. But again, it's going to be on the margins. It's not going to be something where the bottom's going to drop out uh, just because Ted Cruz mentions Anthony Weiner's name.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, cable news is committed to nonstop coverage of the primaries, particularly the GOP primary. And so they have to say lots of dumb things to fill the time. And I say this as a guy who. Has been on cable TV saying dumb things to help people fill time. Myself, haven't we but, all, Michael? Exactly. But I just wonder about this conversation. Ted Cruz needs to change in the wake of Wisconsin, and uh, you know, present a different kind of Cruz going forward. Have you seen any evidence of a change? And also, Donald Trump. There's been a lot of talk since Wisconsin of Trump's going to get serious now. He's going to become presidential now. That rally, the the audio I heard from the Donald Trump rally on. Wednesday night was the same old Trump, you know, mocking, name calling over the top. So uh, who are we seeing evidence of any changes from the two major candidates?
1: Uh, I'll answer the, the the first about Trump. I don't think uh, there are any major changes from Donald Trump. Donald Trump is who he is. I'm pretty sure the Trump campaign has been promising a more presidential turn or policy speeches and addresses for several months, and uh, I've yet to hear anything uh, that indicates that that's true. Um, and 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 I think that ultimately Trump, you know, the the big selling point of Trump, uh, I suppose, is that hey, you know, he is who he is. Um, but the other side of the coin is. He is who he is, and he can't really change that. He, he, he's <laughs> got that problem.
0: Well, Michael Warren, it depends on how you define presidential. See, for the Trump campaign, right. not mentioning a woman's wherever is presidential, just by not mentioning it. And once you've crossed that bar, they're fine.
1: I didn't realize we were talking about Bill Clinton. I said <laughs> Misunderstood. Um, on, on the question of Cruz changing, I, I am noticing, actually, a bit of a, a, a shift in Cruz's rhetoric, um, which is interesting because... Cruz is, is very much uh, has a persona of of sort of never letting up, never fighting, as maybe a, even the most strident Republican in, in Washington. Um, but I did notice, and it started, I think, in his speech in Wisconsin uh, after winning the Wisconsin primary. Um, he, you know, he Cruz started to focus a little bit on a general election argument for himself against Hillary Clinton, not just in in sort of calling out Hillary directly. Uh, but sort of crafting what I think is his view of how he could win in November if he is the nominee. Um, he's, he's offering this rallying cry, jobs, freedom, security. Which sounds like a pretty good general election campaign message from a Republican candidate, not from, you know, some crazy right wing guy, but from a generally acceptable Republican candidate. Um, he's talking up uh, women in his life that that he admires, like his wife, Heidi. He mentioned his mother Eleanor breaking glass ceilings as a as a computer scientist. Um, all that sort of stuff sounds to me rhetorically like moving toward a general election, even though Cruz really isn't, um, you know, certainly has not wrapped the thing up. Uh, the other thing I he- I've heard i uh, heard, and I heard this yesterday in the Bronx is, again, a sort of the way Republicans approach general elections, Cruz is, is sort of adopting some of that language. He talks about um, uh, about school choice, which is a big uh, Republican issue in a general election when you want to sort of reach out to minority groups. He talks about, you know, how Republicans have let down uh, minority groups, uh, blacks and Hispanics in, in, in poor neighborhoods um, by not doing enough on school choice. So you're starting to see a little bit of uh, at least rhetorical shifts from Cruz. Um, and that's not just about, you know, thinking about November, but also sort of almost pitching himself as an acceptable alternative uh, to delegates, uh, to uh, voters in the remaining primary states against Donald Trump. You're seeing a little bit of that there from Cruz. Uh, like I said, not much, uh, if anything at all, from Donald Trump.
0: One last question. Um, the Roger Stone, uh, you know, uh, he holds this territory out there in the conversation. He doesn't really work for Trump, but he did work for Trump. And a lot of people think that he kind of speaks, you know, either for Trump or, you know, in a Trumpian way, if you will. Uh, And he's talking about go to the convention and create chaos, target the delegates, you know, hotel room by hotel room and make sure that Trump gets this. Are, are, is this having an impact on Republicans? I know that if I were a delegate, I were hearing this, I'd be thinking, okay, what can we do to have no Trump when we show up in, uh, Cleveland in July?
1: Um, I don't know if it has an effect on voters because of course, voters don't really follow things that closely. Delegates, uh, to the national convention or to the state conventions are sort of your diehard party activists. um, I think, though, what you're talking about underscores the importance for the never Trump folks or for the anti-Trump folks within the Republican Party of denying Donald Trump the first ballot victory. That is the twelve hundred thirty seven delegates that he could you know, that's the majority of delegates that if he gets those, he wins on the first ballot and it's over. Um, It's become conventional wisdom. But I think in this case, it's true that if Donald Trump does not win on the first ballot. Those delegates who are who will then be unbound, they will not be forced to support Donald Trump after the first ballot. Uh, they're going to bolt because uh, because of things like this, because of what Roger Stone and and the sort of idea that there might be intimidation tactics going on. Um, you know, uh, Republican delegates don't want to deal with that. They don't want to see their party, uh, I think, devolve into that. So I think, again, it, it, it has more of an effect on what happens at the convention if uh, it does become a contested convention, uh, then actually affecting Republican voters who will determine whether or not it's a contested convention. So a uh, lot's riding here in New York in a couple of weeks and then Pennsylvania, Indiana, uh, you know, in the weeks after. And, 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 uh, and we'll just have to see if Trump really does get denied those uh, delegates. Every delegate counts, even those delegates in those uh, districts like in the Bronx.
0: Michael Warren, thanks so much for your reporting. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.